welcome. Welcome, welcome. How y'all doing out there? What's going on to the Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening crowd? How's everybody doing? My peoples, my peoples, check in. Come on, check in. Say hi, say hello, jump on in, pop off. It's, it's your dime, it's your time. That was a lot, man. Yeah. That was a lot. That's like the yo was coming back out of you. Hey, pop off, baby. Let's go. That's it. That's it. Hey, hey, welcome to Religiously Incorrect. The day is Sunday, November 8th, and America has not blown up yet. <laughs> we are still here, Doc. So welcome. Come on, tap in. Do me a favor. Like, share, tag somebody. Introduce yourself. I know there are people coming in. Make sure you say hi. Tell us where you're watching from. All of our regular everyday viewers, every week viewers, those who are brand new. Matter of fact, I want every single one of our viewers to tag one new person uh, who can jump in and tune in and talk back. Why do we want you to do that? Because it is open mic night. Yeah, it, yeah. It's open mic night. Uh, what do with you have to say? Incorrect. You know, what, we just, what are your thoughts? Talk we're just that. chopping it up. You know, the whole night is rapid fire. Pastor Tatum Osborne uh, from Brooklyn. Hey. And, uh, Scott Scott Heater. You, Scott Heater, got you in here. We, we are uh, uploaded on iTunes and our platform. So you're starting to see our episodes catch up. So if you uh, like to ride and listen to us or listen while you work out, you know, appreciate it. So it's good to see everybody. The last time, Jeff, well, first of all, let's start here. Rest in peace, Alex Trebek. My man. Do you got a vow? No, that's that's Pat Sajak. Well, same person, same thing. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> and they do it to black people all the time. I guess we get one. Same, same person. We get one. Oh, listen, we appreciate it, Tatum. We did beat Dallas. We 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 hashed it out. Let me just say this. Y'all did not beat Dallas. For Jeff, before Dallas Jeff beat and Dallas. Brown fans. And, and everybody else, everybody has one of those games where a team who has nothing to lose and isn't expected to win just balls out. That I, Derek, I think, whoever, whoever that uh, whoever that Walmart janitor was that was the quarterback for the Cowboys, <laughs> whoever, that, whoever that middle school bus driver was, <laughs> he got his shot and he balled out. He that, balled out. That was not a rough in the pastor. That was you can't not do headshots, Jeff. You can't. Any any blow to the head is what it is, man. That was not a rough. I I know. I I would say that, and I would say it if it was Brady. I would. It, it's the rules of the game now. And by the way, Ben is now the commodity. He's like Jordan and Brady and everybody else. He you is. touch them, you're getting the penalty. Yeah. Let's not act like it's not true. But I'll say, I think that the mark of a good team. Even I don't care what team it is. Of course, I'm a Steelers fan, but the mark of a good team is when you're putting up a stinker like that. Can you regroup and pull it out? And they did. I, 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 I mean, to be honest with you, at this point of the season, I'm really rooting for y'all. And I'm, you know, I'm a diehard Cleveland fan. I'm rooting for y'all until y'all play Cleveland again. But I'm rooting for y'all to keep on going. I mean, y'all are doing a phenomenal. It's it's fun to watch. I mean, honestly. Outside of y'all tailback, he is garbage. I mean, he yeah, is Connor. I mean, I, 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 I mean, this is gonna be the cruelest thing I'll probably say all night. But no, I'm almost to the point to where I'm almost to the point to where 
The only thing keeping them on the squad is the fact that they got that cancer story. It, it is. It is. Because I think, and, and this is an uncomfortable conversation, but that dude that played for the Bengals that had the sick daughter, mm-hmm. okay, the one dude that was the first uh, uh, homosexual to come out, let's be honest, some of these dudes just have this story, and it just puts this aura around them, and, and you know, it just buys them time. Now, they're not going to last, but it buys them time. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that's where, that's where Connor's at. Three years, three years, right? He's been there three years, right? Yeah, because the first year he was like just coming off of the sickness and it right. was a big story, you know. I mean, but two more years he get his full everything, right? I think it's five years for, for you get to the uh, – Yeah, five yeah, years. yeah. I mean, he's going to get here. They're they going to keep him in and get here. He'll play for somebody. I'm just saying he he ain't that. And, and you're coming after Le'Veon Bell is not good either because this cat was just gashing people. I you mean, know? he had one yard to keep the keep – the, Play, yeah. I mean, you could. I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah, I mean, I know he had a big game, Big Mike, but I mean, he's he's too inconsistent, man. He's not he's not Steelers running back football. Okay, right. Steelers have a, have a, have a legacy, you know, and, and he I'm ain't got. Three. Go 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 grab Mo Clo. <laughs> right. Yeah, do just as good. All right, so 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 can we just start off here, man? Can I mean, no. I mean can can we Let's just start go. off? With this, with with the SNL man, I mean, just just real quick. Dave Chappelle, yeah, can I'm we? A Chappelle fan, and I can't believe I admit that because I don't usually talk about my thing is stand up comedy. I actually am a big stand up comedy fan, right? And Dave Chappelle is one of my top three. And it, and it, that's really is is funny because you and I usually agree on stuff. I can't stand Dave Chappelle. I just I, and you know me, and you know me, you know I'm a big Kevin Hart guy, but I don't, and don't get me wrong, and I, I know I'm probably getting a lot of people who, because I know our community loves Dave Chappelle. I love his gen. I think he's genius. Okay, as as, so what you know, don't you write? His comedy. I don't think he's funny. I think he's. I think he's a social activist who who plays a comedian. <laughs> I mean, so he's Dick Gregory. True. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Richard Pryor. I mean that's a that's a legacy because let, let, let's be honest he is playing a role and 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 you get that in D.L. Hughley through his show sometimes you know uh, obviously he's more the radio guy now he's not stand up guy but historically not to get deep but black people have been able to express their pain frustration and activism through art they always say there's a truth you know within every joke. And this cat be bringing the truth right up to the edge of the joke. Like it don't even be. I mean, that rapid fire Mike ass last week is 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 the N word. Oh, oh, he answered that question. Didn't he? <laughs> should we get, should we get throw away the N word? He, he called he white ends. He said white ends get the N word lessons. I was like, oh my god. Now, I, I mean, I'm not sure everybody else says now. First of all, Jeff. I have a different persuasion, and I mean this. If I did get one thing from growing up in Southington and moving there when I was going to the sixth grade, which is a, a formative year, is I developed a different style of comedy. Greg Sims said there's nothing funny about Kevin Hart. I don't find him funny at all. I love Kevin Hart. I don't like slap. And, you know, we need to have this. We're going to announce it now. We're going to have an episode about Jesus and jokes. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna have an episode. It's coming. I already have a name for it and everything. We usually don't release. We don't, we don't, don't get a, we don't get a We don't mean where Jesus that that, that no, Jesus is not a joke. 
Right, but, right. You know, right. I'm saying, you know, but my sensibilities are different. I like intelligent, thought-provoking, like deadpan humor. I think most black people, African Americans, are given to more like outlandish, slapstick, wild, loud comedy. And I actually can't stand that. Like the wilder you act and the more you're just always hollering and you know, facial expressions all the time. Uh, I was never a Martin fan. Me and my my wife kind of go at it over that. I just feel like it's too on the nose, it's too obvious. It's like I get it like half the time they're just ad libbing, like me mugging each other. You could tell. Like they're just, you know, and it was I'm sure it was great. It, it was absolutely awesome. It was breakthrough. We that's who we are. That right. is absolutely who we are. So I think Dave Chappelle is a nice breath of fresh air and we need diversity in how we present ourselves as black people in the media and i'm glad that because he is a voice of intelligence who by the way not only can he kill his comedy specials but you could put this dude across from larry king you could put this dude on cnn and that's what i like him that's that's that I, i i will watch him any day when he's just sitting down talking and you know he'll add a joke into his his but but as stand up, you don't you don't want that. You want to laugh. You want to. But I laugh at every little thing. Yeah. His, his yeah. bit last year, the two years ago about Trump, and talking about how Trump was acting in his press conferences and how his lip was sweating. And I mean, this cat, you have to find the bits that really are good that you would like. Talking right. about he's gonna bring back coal. He was like coal. <laughs> he's like I've never even seen a lump of coal. <laughs> So he's got it. I just think you have to get dig into it. But overall, this is painting a bigger picture, Pastor Jeff. This is open mic night. All of you watching, this is your show. The whole hour or whatever we're going to spend on here is rapid fire. So you got a question. Here's our theme for the night, though. Biden delivers. Biden delivers. And I, I we chose that in a particular way because it is obvious, Pastor Jeff, that when we got on here Tuesday night around 1030-ish, we were not feeling too great about the outcome Absolutely. of the election. Right. But Biden delivers because his victory was literally delivered through the mail. Right. Right, right. And, and, and apparently whatever happened with the post office couldn't stop it. You know, the voter suppression couldn't stop it. The long lines couldn't stop it. These are legal votes. I think the percentage of fraudulent votes over the past, you know, few decades is like point zero 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 three percent or some craziness. You know, you can't, you can't bring up, you can't find anything. I mean, it's been three, four. They have come up with no conclusive, right? You know, it, it's not there. It's a, it's a stalling tactic. But here's the danger of the stalling tactic for me. Now that we know that Biden is the clear winner, he's up in every single state. He's actually out of the margin of recount in every state but Georgia. And Georgia is not going to turn around for Trump either. Uh, that, you know, it's too big of a margin. So uh, I don't believe Dave and Ch- I, I don't believe Dave Chappelle and Buster Rhymes actually own Dave and Buster's, by the way. Somebody just put that up. <laughs> I think that's a meme. I think that's a meme. I need to fact check. That's a meme. Dave, Dave Chappelle. I could be wrong. I mean, maybe they do. Look, <laughs> you looking it up now? Ain't I'm looking you? it up right now. Todd, Todd, listen, if y'all say something, Todd, listen, please, if y'all say something on Todd's page, he is gonna fact check. Everything. I will fact check it because I knew it was a meme when I saw it. So, no disrespect, Alveda, 
I'll I, I vet Madison, excuse me. But Dave and Buster's is, is is owned out of St. Louis by some company called the Edison Brothers. Uh, it is not owned. It was established in 1982, way before Buster Rhymes and Dave Chappelle. And it was owned by a dude named David Corivo and James Buster Corley. So no disrespect, but Dave and Buster's are not owned by Dave Chappelle and Buster Rhymes. Can we now? Now this actually makes our point. <laughs> I knew you was gonna go there. <laughs> this makes our point is that if somebody says something enough, and we see it online, mm -hmm. just like Trump saying, "I want fraud," and yeah. "I won," mm -hmm. it's gonna do one of two things. It's either gonna cause people to think there's fraud, or inflame people to give people room to to claim fraud when there isn't. So, oh, oh we're going to get to that, Tatum. Uh, we're going to get to that, Tatum. Tatum wants to talk about the Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben skit. That was the funniest <laughs> one. We're so scatterbrained right now. Okay, let's finish this thought, and we'll come back to that. <laughs> Dave Johnson had a great question. We, we're so scatterbrained. we got to slow down. Mike, you can't be putting these up. I see them. We'll have to get to them because we're going to be scatterbrained. Let's finish what we're saying. Trump uh, is going to use this fraud thing but it's also dangerous how much time, because there's a delay, there's room for skepticism. Right. And I'll be honest, I know this is one of the biggest elections ever. More people voted, it looks like, than ever before. So when you tell me, especially when a lot of it was done by mail and absentee ballots, literally dropping them in boxes around the country that people had to open up. I don't even open up my mail, doc. I got mail everywhere in my car. We all got that junk drawer. We all got oh, that purse. <laughs> if you tell me that 150, 160 million ballots or whatever it is, I think it's like 75 to 70 at this point. If you tell me 145 million ballots got counted in four days, pretty much, that's pretty good. Absolutely. Well, well here's the question. Does this bring us to a point, and, 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 and I'm just thinking it, where we need to hold off just and even announcing until everything is done. I don't think we can. And I'll tell you why. Because as long, as much as people bash the media, they weren't even technically wrong in 2000 in Florida. And that was my first election. I was going mm -hmm. for Al Gore just because he was Clinton's dude. Now I'm, I'm an 18 year old dummy, you know. But they weren't wrong to make their projection. They didn't know that all these shenanigans were going on in Florida. They didn't know that people were going to go to court and, you know, over hundreds of ballots and throw out ballots. Simple chat thing, right? Ads and all this stuff. They didn't know. What I'm saying is you can't because, believe it or not, the media in times like these, and they have done a phenomenal job under the pressure that the administration is putting on and some people are putting on, including Fox News, by the way. Absolutely. And the I news say that. section, not mm. the opinion section, but the news section, they called the races as they saw them. And by the way, when we say media, we got to remember Wolf Blitzer, Brett Baer, you know, uh, whoever it is, George Stephanopoulos, all they're doing is announcing on TV what an army of statisticians, poll watchers, uh, elections officials, secretaries of state are feeding them. Wolf mm -hmm. Blitzer is not calling anything. Right, right. I, and I think that's the part, again, it's about the bullhorn, the bully pulpit of the presidency, the Twitter pulpit. He can say it's fraud. CNN didn't call the election. 
NBC didn't call the election. The people who are hired independently, who are, by the way, feeding dozens, both sides. If, if it was just CNN and MSNBC, then Fox wouldn't have called it. Right. Newsmax wouldn't have called it. They run, uh, you know, they, they run conservative. So they're all calling it. Doggone Al Jazeera and Al Qaeda network called it. I mean, what? <laughs> Russia called it. So what I'm saying is that's the danger of leaving that wide open. And I believe that while it would be nice if we were in a more civil society that actually trusted any institution, you could say wait and see. You right. can't say wait and see now. You got to have, come on, it's 2020, Jeff. You, we literally have to put cameras, live TV, CNN, different ones, on every basic you know, major polling place so we can just all watch it together. Well, they they have it, don't they? I mean, my wife says you can go, you can you can literally watch and watch every single and, one. And remember, every board of election has Republicans and Democrats on the board. Absolutely. Republicans and Democrats Same working on polls. Republicans right. and Democrats being ballot watchers, both. Mm-hmm. So if the Republicans say they won't let us in. They're saying they won't let us in, uh, even though that's a lie over the people who are already there who are Republicans. And then they actually move them closer to be able to watch. So, I mean, it's, you can, you can say that it, it just cheating up, but there's just no way. It's just, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you can let's talk about the dead people voting and all that stuff. Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's start with Dave, uh, Dave Johnson's question. The newest one is, do you feel that we have a chance of flipping the Senate? And we, by the way, would be Democrats. I would say that, with the energy in Georgia right now, if they can sustain it, and somebody made a great comment. At this point, it's almost as if the DNC, uh, which Scott has a question about, we'll get to it in a minute, Big Mike. The DNC almost has to stay out of the way of the people who brought victory to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams, I'm sure there are lots of names I do not know because I'm not from Georgia. I saw some people listing some names uh, besides hers and she gave credit to a lot of people, but right. I, if they can keep that energy, and we can keep the internal politics. When I say we, I mean Democrats. I don't even identify solely as a Democrat, but I've tended to vote Democrat locally because that's kind of where our politics goes here, even though that's changing too. Uh, yes, I think they, they have a chance. And But honestly, there might even be more of a rally on the other side because now the Republicans, the GOP are going to fight for that balance, make sure that the Democrats don't have the House, the Senate, and the, 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 the executive branch. Right. So. I'd like to say there's a chance. I don't know if Jeff, you want to add anything to that, but I, I think you're exactly right. You know, we, we just have to keep on pushing at it. I, I think what Stacey Abrams done was phenomenal. And uh, I mean, but like you said, I think that they're going to really push right now. I think they're going to do all that they can uh, as far as Republicans are concerned, because they don't want to, they don't, they don't want us to have it all. They don't want us to have a run of the board. So you're right. You're right. Scott, Scott's had a great question. This is really good for all of us. This is going to be a conversation piece. Over the next few years, what can the DNC, the Democrats, do or say to repel your vote? And or what can the RNC do, say, to attract your vote? Uh, go ahead and start with that, Jeff. What what can the DNC do or say to repel your vote? What can the RNC do or say to attract your vote? Well, I think, you know, we, as like you said, not on strictly uh, call myself a Democrat, but I think we put them in office. I think, you know, uh, and, you know, he gave credit to the black vote. We put it right. And we need to we need to hold them 
hold them to everything that they've promised. And, and, and we know that it's not going to be overnight. We know that the changes are going to come overnight, but we need to make sure that they're making those changes and those necessary adjustments. I think that, you know, um, when we talk about um, the, the, the tax breaks, us in the middle class or the lower class need some of those tax breaks as well. And if those things are not being done, and I, I'm not going to say it's going to repel my vote, but I'm going to be, be very skeptical of, you know, voting this way again. So we, we have to we have to hold them to that vote. We have to hold them to uh, all the promises they, they made. Um, certainly, we are happy uh, to have our first uh, woman of color as as the uh, vice president. But all that means nothing. If all the promises that have been made, if if, you know, uh if, if the gun laws are not changed, if things of that nature have not have 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 just if things stay the same, none of it happens. So that that will repel my vote. RNC. That's that's a <laughs> they gonna have a hard time getting me to go that way. Let me say this, Jeff, Pastor Jeff, the DNC in a lot of ways has already repelled a lot of the black vote. And if it were not for Trump. If it were not for Trump, if if the RNC was running a Mitt Romney or a John McCain now, the RNC would have won. Mm. Mm. Trump kept black people and a lot of other center people and independent minded people in the DNC where they really don't want to be. We are unpleasant bedfellows right now. Right. And they're already exposed. As, as I saw Mike comment, big Mike comment. They're already exposed. There's already the, the debates within our community. They're already. So honestly, the RNC could literally recreate not only themselves, but the political landscape by outright repudiating Trumpism and white nationalism. If yeah. they would just outright repudiate Trumpism and white nationalism, what would happen is they of course would go into their own little corner because those people are so hardcore, that hardcore group, but they would immediately expand their tent. And there are a lot of black people who do agree with Republicans on many policies, Absolutely. but they do not agree. And somebody on a podcast, I can't take credit for it. I believe it was the daily, the New York times podcast that I listened to. And it's very good. Can be boring, put you to sleep. So you got it. Can't be sleepy if you're trying to listen on the road, but they said, Trumpism actually started with Sarah Palin and the speech she made after John McCain made his speech and she went and made her own speech. And it basically kind of launched a Tea Party movement that got toxic towards Obama and her whole persona of being basically per someone who's unprepared for the national stage, more of a celebrity than a policymaker, you know, folksy talk throwing stuff out there, which, by the way, when you just said Biden acknowledged black people. Trump made that possible. A person would never say, thank you, black people. Right. Until Trump started talking like that. Trump would literally say, black folk love me and black people are going to vote for me. Like, like the blacks are going to vote. He would literally just, he like normalized speech that we thought was uncouth. <laughs> we, we, we never going to that. Yes. This guy was literally like, watch. Black, he would literally just stop in the middle of the debate to be like, black men are going to vote for me. Black men are going to vote for me because you put people in jail. Black men. I mean, who just talks about demographics like that in people's faces? But what I'm saying is the RNC actually has a golden opportunity. And 
a strong independent movement or third party like libertarian or whatever has a third opportunity. I mean, it has a good opportunity. The DNC has a lot of work to do. And honestly, it's hard for either side to look like they're doing anything outside of tokenism because they're hearing this and they know this. And so we might as well just look for a bunch of broad moves. We already saw the RNC put out a bunch of black candidates. And honestly, they're fighting right now in the DNC, Jeff, between the liberal and the and the center movement. Like what's really more effective? Yeah. Being the radical left, the Bernie Sanders side, or basically, you know, the conservative, more center democratic side. Remember, black folk and black church folk are still a lot of the Democrat. And it's not always going to be that way. But I think that what you said is we have to hold both parties accountable and we need to start now. Start. That's not it. Not in 2024 in August. Mm-hmm. Now. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes. Honestly, here's the truth of the matter. We're the ones who disappear between election cycles. We're the ones who don't show up in midterms. Yep. Yep. And we're yep. blaming. We didn't ask Obama or demand anything of Obama. And and by the way, both sides deserve blame for that. He's in an impossible position as the first black who can't do for all black, no matter how much you think. And we weren't, we're thinking so historically, we weren't thinking practically and politically. And meanwhile, the LGBTQ plus uh, special interest had an agenda, had money. And by the way, here's the other thing. Black people have to be willing to take L's on their way to the W. And we feel like we're not getting it right now this cycle. We don't know how many L's the LGBTQs take, how many L's the conservatives took, how many L's the white evangelicals have taken, how many L's the Latinos have taken. We have to be willing to take L's as we steadily push upstream. And we're not willing to do that. We'll fall apart over this ice cube stuff and not talk to each other for three years. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Hey, can we um can we switch gears just a little bit? Uh, yeah, let's pull it. Yeah, because I, I I need to I need to go here. Um, I need to go here, and I think you know I think this is something that, especially since we are religiously incorrect, we need to discuss. Uh, how how as a Christian community, what do we say to the to the prophetic announcements <laughs> to the prophetic announcements that have been made and that have been um, inaccurate on every level of inaccuracy right. uh, who, are, who are still holding and hoping for a change and who now feel like, you know, we're being disrespectful, downright disrespectful for calling them out on inaccuracy. I, I know what you say, Jeff. This is what you say. I hear the sound of victory. I hear the sound of victory. I smell the sound of victory. I hear the sound of victory. African angels, African angels, African angels coming here now. African angels. Listen, listen, listen. And, 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 and obviously she is the most well-known one the worst one are, she's the worst one and you know what black people need to repent for putting her on i'll absolutely. say it. black absolutely. people need to repent for putting her on and that's who that's who put her on they put her on that stage they put her up there and you know i i think we have and, and i mean if you look at her audience it is us and it's latinos and it is 
I mean, right, right. Tatum said the angels wasn't studying her. <laughs> <laughs> they was in Wakanda like this chick. Uh, Let, let's be for real though. And, and all the prophecies, the online prophecies. I, I had one guy. Uh, I, I have what well, you know. Uh, Janice, it isn't our battle at the local level. Yes and no. Yep. Yes and no. Because oh, you know what? Janet okay. McFadden was saying it isn't our battle at the local level. People keep saying that, but it's still both and. There's a lot that comes from the federal level that you have to fight. And people, and I'm tired of people always deferring. You, 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 uh, Sister Jeanette, you're not wrong, but I'm tired of people like solely saying, forget about president, just vote. Right, right. right. I'm like, okay, if I want my street paved. <laughs> you know I mean? like, all right, you know, I get that, but some stuff comes from the federal. But, but let me say it like this. To the prophetic side, I, I gave my answer this morning. My answer is, and I have a conservative view of prophecy, I believe the word that prophets who are truly of God are not hit and miss, period, point blank. That's so it. the better thing to do is, if you could be wrong, shut up so you won't be wrong. Right. Exactly. You can't be a wrong prophet if you're not prophesying. Come on, sir. You can't you can't prophesy wrong if you're not prophesying. So I mean, but what do we say to these people who say I missed it? Okay, go sit down somewhere and turn in your prophet's cloak. You're not a prophet. <laughs> that to me, I missed it. Equates to I'm not a true prophet. That's me. That's me. You don't have to agree with me. Somebody might jump on here and argue with me. I missed it. Means I'm not a true prophet. Not now. Not. I can't say not ever, but your show ain't one now. And I don't know when you'd be one. That's me. Doesn't have to be you. You're wrong. If you if you got up and said Trump is the Lord told me Trump is gonna be president and he is not gonna be president on January 20th, you're a false prophet. That's me. Oh. That's me. There it is. There it is. There it is. Now, 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 I now, Bible behind mine. I, there's a there's scripture behind you're not of God. You are not God's prophet if you're wrong. There right. is no scripture behind. Prophets can get it wrong tomorrow and be right today. Right, right, there's right. No, there's no scripture that explains the hit and miss theology. Mm -hmm. There isn't. There's scripture that explains that you're not a prophet. Right, right. There's no scripture that says you could still be one if you were off. Right. Now, let, let me let me let me go. And I, I know it's going to be a whole lot of people who probably get mad at me and I don't care. You know, you know, I, I'm not worried about it. I'm from young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from Young South, so um, but seriously, these people, and I, I, I'm, I'm when I say these people, I'm, I'm talking about Christians, especially. I'm talking about Christians, pastors, um, you know, people who are quote unquote of God. I have heard them say, I've heard them say, the Lord did not lead me to vote, and I, I am, I am frustrated with that terminology. I am mad because listen, the Lord didn't lead you to go to the bathroom, but you did. Thank you. Thank you. He didn't lead, he didn't lead you to pay your car note, but you paid your car note. He didn't lead you to pay your electric bill, but you paid your electric bill. Here's the thing. You do what you want to do, which you feel is good to do. Cop out. Cop out. Cop out. Come, stop telling me you didn't. I, I, I'm, I'm fed up with it. I'm yeah. fed up with it. And I'm also fed up with the young people who saying that, that they shouldn't have to vote. Once again, goes back to what Sister Jeanette said about um, you know, we only vote on a local level and things of that nature. Listen, listen, you are the first ones who, who, if you get pulled over by the cops, want us to have a rally for you. Correct. Correct. I mean, I, I don't have, I know. 
Yeah. I mean, if you're not both here, the lesser of two evils, they're both devils. Listen, Jeff, Burger King and McDonald's are both devils, and you choose one. Right. Both grocery stores are price gouging you on fruit and vegetables, and you still shop there. Every single car and every single lot is overpriced, and you still buy one. Right. Every church is imperfect. If you got any halfway good sense, you still go to one. And including if you're going to your own and you got your own ministry, your ministry screwed up too, and you still think you're valid. You think you still think you're worth listening to. Matter of fact, here's the crazy thing about that whole voting for two devil stuff. These are the same people who are constantly talking about nobody's perfect and God can use anyone. <laughs> <laughs> These are the same people talking about don't hold my past and my struggle against me. Yes, yes. The same people talking about I'm preaching with a limp and I'm worshiping with a limp and I'm like Jacob and I'm like okay, I okay. So we should all ignore your church and your ministry because you got mess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you not participate in the world market because there's corruption in it. Absolutely. Tell your job you don't want that 401k because mm-hmm. there could be some sinful activity in, 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 the, in Wall Street somewhere. Right. You won't do that. Mm-hmm. So you participate, like you said, when you want to. Absolutely. You, you feel like, uh, and, 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 and uh, thank you, uh, Pastor Osborne, said Jesus fulfilled his civic duty. Uh, he submitted himself to civic authorities right right he, he didn't say you can't arrest me uh, i'm this i'm that that they, they the temple tax should we pay tax should we render under caesar i taught a whole bible study about that what does that mean whatever caesar's system is fair appropriate participate but to me that shows a lack and i think tiffany said it earlier ignorance is rampant particularly in the church to where and i was talking to one of my mentors about how we struggle with ignorance in our own pews and in our own communities. And it's hard to even have a, 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 a conversation because we're always dragging it down to the lowest common denominator. For instance, you can't even talk about Republican, Democrat, whatever. You can't just say, hey, let me talk about Biden's policies without somebody saying, well, what about right, right. some totally unrelated thing somewhere else that totally takes you away from the conversation of this particular issue. If you still come in here talking about, well, what about uh, the Democrats with the KKK in 1910? Like, who cares? Obviously, it's a very different world. It's obviously, I said to one friend who sent me an email with that exact argument, I said, if all of that is true, then what would possess the Republicans to pick up that marker if the Democrats had it all that time? Mm-hmm. Why Republicans turn around and pick up that marker under the banner of law and order and you're coming into the suburbs and all that stuff from the late 60s to the 70s to the 80s to the Reagan years. Why would they do that? Why would they pick up the religious right? You know, basically scared war on drugs, scared of black people. Why would they do that? So I think we have to have a like like Jeanette's comment. She just left. Mike can put it back up. I agree with you. I feel city council and local governments determine the direction of the nation. I believe that to a, a, a part. It, that that's that's a part of the equation. National, state, local, all play a part. But knowing that we should get more involved locally does not negate the fact that we should be involved nationally. Right. They're not either or. And both and. Yeah, they're both they're they're both and. So I, I mean, Jeff, I think that we have to, you, you know. Jeremiah 28 and 29 teach us what to do with false prophets. 
real prophets have to stand up and condemn them for who they are mm -hmm. and let God judge them. Right, right. And we're afraid to do that. We've seen that. It, very afraid. Very. And I mean, I've seen posts taken down, you know, after. I don't care if your post taken down. We need to. What, what happened to that post? What happened to that post where you said, you know, I, I mean. Uh, Is it worse, Jeff? I mean, to me. It's worse. Even than moral failures in some ways. Mm -hmm. Because you are literally claiming the authority of God in your words. Right, right. Absolutely. You can't even attribute that to fleshly weakness like lust or greed or I made a mistake. You literally said that God spoke. Do you know how we take it so lightly, man? God spoke to me. Jeff, 90% of my sermons are things that I just prayed about and came up with my best understanding of the scriptures as God has allowed me to understand them. Right. I don't get up and very frequently say, God told me to tell you. I might say the word tells us. Right, right, right. But God told me. Prophet, Prophet Todd Hall, and I told you this the other day, and I, he said very plainly, and, I, and I, I mean, I really respect this guy. I really respect him. He, he's phenomenal to me. But he said, you know, he was on a phone call with 50 other prophets and uh, he said, you know, that he got to the end and said, what do you say? What do you say? He said, we do not prophesy presidents in. We vote them in. No. And I think that's 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 it. And that's all. It's, it's a vote. That's it. They're not. We can't prophesy them in. And if we could prophesy them in, if we were able to prophesy them in, let's just be honest. God has done way more miraculous miracles than getting somebody in office. If he, can, if he can part whole seas, if you said President Trump was going to be the president, he would be in the office right now. Listen, Stop playing Germany right. was a Christian nation when Hitler took over. Germany was a Christian nation when Hitler took over and he was duly elected before he started seizing power. Absolutely. Germany is the home of Martin Luther, the home of the Reformation. And it's hundreds of years back, but it, it's it, you couldn't get no more central than that. Absolutely. To what we associate with Protestantism. So as people have said before, if everybody who gets elected to any office or seizes power, because remember, even biblically, there are no votes. There's one miniature election in the Bible. There's right. one <laughs> miniature election when Judas needs to be replaced. Everything else is basically somebody seizing power or somebody being anointed. And it's usually a theocratic God decision or the will of a force of people. And if we're going to use that logic and the Bible is our pattern, which is why you got to actually pay attention to patterns in the Bible. If you're going to actually use the Bible as your justification, then that means anybody who comes to power anywhere by any means must be God's man. Saddam Hussein was God's man. Right. All them crazy de despotic uh, socialist people that we don't like in South America and the some of those cruel African chieftains and presidents, uh, you know, Hitler, all these different ones. Mussolini, God's man. Mm -hmm. Because uh, America's not special. Don't even have to go over that again. America ain't special. Every nation has a leader. These leaders are influential. Uh, th these leaders are, you know, all of that. So. I just think we have to be cautious 
And I think that leads us to another thing before we jump to another subject, another question. I want to I want to hit Scott's in a minute. But. We have been through several cycles. And again, I really do believe it started with the end of John McCain's uh, defeat and Sarah Palin sort of really. John McCain was playing peacemaker. When he was conceding, absolutely, he was trying to pull people back in Mm -hmm. uh, just to just to decency and respect. And I think it was his prayer and hope that the policies of the Democrats alone, you know, things we disagree with would be enough for people to say, you know what, I want to go in a different direction. But it obviously went another place. And and that fringe element has taken the narrative in a way that it was not always this way. And I know Tiffany said earlier, way back when that the Republicans don't want us, don't want us, don't want us. That's a fairly recent concept. We were farly more equally distributed. We were we were we were more equally distributed prior to the last 15 years or so. You can maybe trace it back to like George Bush and Katrina and a lot of that stuff. Uh, You know, so what I'm saying is our evangelical brothers and sisters watched us. But we had a reason, man. We had a reason that was even beyond policy, vitriolic, angry. No other president gave this much space and room to white nationalists. Refuse the the kind of people that were marching in the streets in Charlottesville are the kind of people that you bring out the National Guard to put down. Right. Period. Right. He refused to openly repeat it. He would act so stupid. I don't even know who David Duke is. Yes, you do. Yeah. You do know who he is. <laughs> yeah. You absolutely. know stuff like that. So the whole not my president stuff. Every side is saying it's not my president, and now you know. The evangelicals are saying, don't gloat. Everything they're saying is stuff that they weren't saying four years ago when Trump got elected. Mm-hmm. Don't gloat. This can't be the will of God. The media doesn't call elections. You know, I'm not hearing that unity talk. They all want us to come to their prayer meetings when Trump got elected. They were throwing Romans 13 at us when Trump got elected. Right. Oh, they have rule over you. So my mm-hmm. question is, who's going to be the first one to give in the church? Those who lean more democratic, normally black people. And more liberally minded denominations like your Methodists, some of them, some of your Lutherans, you know, some of your Episcopalians who are more liberally minded, justice minded, or our conservative evangelical friends. Who's going to be the first one to say, if I called, come on now, if I went in the post, I'm in a couple of pastors groups of white pastors, conservative pastors, I've seen their opinions. If I got on there right now and said, I'd like all you brothers to meet me at Courthouse Square and let's pray for our president elect and vice president elect, would they come down and meet with me downtown and pray? They they don't care. They they not they don't care, but they don't believe that that's the president. They do not believe. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. And it was frustrating to me is that you are calling a man who has repeatedly said he does not go to church. He does not attend church. They're calling him the man or God's appointed man. Well, they're saying that with over, and, and, and we've had this conversation, but I'll just say it one more time, Jeff. I can say. I'm a Browns fan, and you know I'm not. Nothing about right. my life. Absolutely. In my house, you won't see Browns. You've never seen anything Browns positive. Nothing about my life. So when are we going to start judging people by their fruit? That's what it is. There it is. There it is. Mm-hmm. Even before we get to policy, when are we going to start judging people? And to me, I'm like, if you don't even acknowledge that and hold him to that standard, the fruit is not what comes out of your mouth, and the fruit even isn't of a law being passed or a promise being made 
or giving people. I preached this more than once. I'll preach it again. The Romans who were pagans let the priests keep the temple going as long as they kept the people in line. Mm -hmm. The entire scene of Jesus versus Barabbas was Pontius Pilate in danger of losing his spot because the Jews were getting out of control and they had stirred everything up. Come on, come on, didn't give Jesus up. They were going to act a fool over a person who was a true insurrector who shouldn't have been set free. Barabbas shouldn't have been set free, but but he went along with it to keep them happy. Does anybody have a hammer and be three? Listen, (laughs) it's just plain as, and all I'm saying is admit it, move forward. And there's probably a chance that even if what Tiffany says is right about many people in the Republican Party don't want us, if even if many people in the Republican Party were anti-Black, the fact of the matter is they could literally make tens of percentage points in gains if they would at least admit this man told us what we wanted to hear. He might have even given the reins to people who would do it. And that's not because he cared about it. It's because it didn't make a difference to him. Abortion doesn't make a difference to him. Immigration doesn't make a difference to him. Matter of fact, the type of businessman he is, he actually benefits off of illegal immigration. Absolutely. He's the type of guy that gets the cheap labor. So they are the epitome of lip service. And honestly, we tell you, we know that those Democrats and those liberals do not do not line up with Christian values. We don't pretend that they do. Right. right. There it is. Yes. We don't pretend that they do. Anybody pretended Bill Clinton was a holy man? We knew what he was doing up in that office with them cigars and stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying, we, nobody's pretending. And so to me, you are either faking it really hard or you are really deceived and ignorant, and both of them scare me. That's all I got to say about that. My, my fourth jump voice. What we got here, break down all the differences between the DNC and the RNC and Tr- Trombo Mahoney County, all the candidate names, and then they file. Let me answer that, Scott. There is no difference. Democrats in the Mahoney Valley are undercover Republicans. Most Democrats who are actually in power, and again, they're centrist to center right because that's the nature of our community. We are a culture and a community. Come on, y'all. Trumbull County is 8.9% black. We got Warren got us fooled. We I don't understand how nobody else notices that we keep looking at the same 60 black people everywhere we go. Same, same, same in Youngstown. Youngstown, Youngstown is 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 only a part of Mahoning County. It's a whole lot more. Honestly, yeah. Scott, the RNC and the DNC, especially the DNC is not a reflection of the national DNC locally. RNC is more of a reflection of the national RNC here. The DNC is not, which is why people were comfortable voting Dan Politica out because he was never a hardcore liberal Democrat in the first place. He was probably, you know, pro-union, I'm sure, being a working man. He was never, I never heard him promote one Democratic you know, that we associate the, the, the things that have divided policies in the last 10, 15 years. And obviously he's a commissioner. So I know he's not really, you know, going to make an abortion call or, you know, even criminal justice. But 
the, the party as a whole has not stood strongly behind any of these things. I didn't see the DNC in Trumbull County, Mahoney County talking about Black Lives Matter. At all. At all. No, they went out there. They went out there marching with George, George Floyd outside of everybody else that came out for one day. They, they weren't pushing for that stuff. So there's no difference locally, in, in my opinion. So uh, Mike has a question. I'll let you answer this. Where's the question at? We need a new black leader. Me, of course. Number one. <laughs> we always need a new black leader. Uh, you, you mean... Um, a new main figure, like a new main figure. You know, you posted about this, Jeff, and we had to give some names out there. We have them. We do, we do, we do, and I think we 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 ignore them. A lot of them, I think, you know, there are a lot of black leaders out there who are just who are just going unnoticed and just being not heard and being being. Uh, like I said, I mean, we like you said, we talked about it, uh, Freddie Haynes. Uh, 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 Jamal Bryant. I mean, Jamal, Jamal Bryant. And I William mean, and, and just because, and let, let, let's make it plain, just because they had some issues does not mean they're not leadership quality. I mean, they're, they're literally the leaders we had before. Right. They got I, mean, issues. I mean, I mean, if, 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 if we can vote in Trump or if they can vote in Trump, I mean, definitely, you know, some of the issues that our black leaders have are not, you know, so messed up that we can't, you know, oh, I mean, before he died, Ralph Abernathy wrote a whole book telling on himself and King. Boy, after these marches, <laughs> boy, after we let freedom ring. <laughs> hey, and he got murdered for that. I think it was like 89, 90. I had, you know, I wasn't up as a kid, but I read about it. They they killed him for that, you know, telling him. But I'm saying, we talked about this. We are more distracted. We are more divided in attention. And the comedian you don't often care for said a very intelligent thing about Dave Chappelle said, and he perfect, you grew up in this generation. I'm a little younger, but I grew up. He said when the challenger exploded, in one of his specials, he said, when the challenger exploded, they basically stopped everything. The teacher rolled a TV into the room. They sat there and cried. And that was the issue of the day for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months. He says every single day, it's like the challenger explodes. Wow. Think about it. Outside of election time, every week, there's a new meme, a new joke, a new issue, a new outrage, a new celebrity scandal, you know, a new whatever. And because of that, when you only had three networks to watch, like people joke about back in the day, mm-hmm. and Dr. King was on all three of them, you had to hear what Dr. King had to say. As long as you have 5,000 friends and 800 pages you like on 19 different social media platforms and all these podcasts talking about everything, the William Barber, who is literally, if you don't know who Dr. William Barber is, I know we only got like nine people watching us. You know, we got like three of you. No, we have more than that. But I'm saying, if you don't know who he is, Look him up. He has literally resurrected the poor people's campaign that Dr. King, you know, got cut down in the middle of in Memphis. He literally resurrected and he has a white and black coalition, the same coalition. You know what's maddening to me? The same coalition they were talking about that came out around George Floyd of white and black people say we've never seen white people like this. Dr. Barber Ben had that. Mm -hmm. He's been had that. He's gone to Appalachia. He's gone to impoverished 
Mississippi. And I can say he has done the work a little bit more, whereas a Jamal Harrison Bryant and a Freddie Haynes have used their platform in the pulpit. Dr. Barber has actually entered the political landscape and the streets, the marches, the demands, the policy demands. And I think everyone's catching up to that. But we have to say, hey, okay, I'll I'll sharp this Mr. MSNBC guy now. Right. And by the way, he's still the biggest voice we have. We can't just knock everybody out. And also, we have become so skeptical, Jeff, of each other. We don't trust a preacher down the street that takes care of our family and blesses our kids. We're definitely not going to trust the guy who we really don't know. And all we see is him in a nice suit once or twice a month. We all talk, where you at? Like he's supposed to just live in a gutter his whole life or something like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Jesse's 95 years old, man. He got like Parkinson's or something. <laughs> Mike said, where, where's Jesse Jackson? No, I'm, I'm serious. Jesse Jackson, did y'all see him talking to Aretha Franklin's funeral? You don't want him uh, talking no more. Right. And I mean that. He's just... Right. He's sick. He's been sick, you know. But a lot of these guys, let's just be honest, a lot of these guys, what they say will not vibe with the mainstream media. And so they're not going to give them that platform. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're not, you know, they won't let Farrakhan talk at the funeral. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll hold him back. Yeah, Yeah. we'll hold him back. They'll they'll hold us, they'll hold him back because what they have to say is more, uh, is, is, Focus more and gear more towards us. So, I mean, I think, like you said, we have to search these guys out. We have to go to social media. We have to look them up. But they, they are out there. They are. They yeah, are. They're, out, they're there. out there. And, and unfortunately, I mean, look at Trump. Look at Biden. Look at the era we're in. We are in the age of outsized personalities. And it used to be, I'll give you a perfect example. It used to be that, uh, Harry Belafonte was there to support the movement that Dr. King was leading. Right. Now Kanye and Ice Cube want to be the movement. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference. The entertainers never tried to take over the movement. And, you know, we're so celebrity focused now. Hesty <laughs> sure had his eyes on that little scene. Everybody probably did. <laughs> Somebody put a coat back there. You don't get up in the in the black church singing like that with them little skirts. But listen, <laughs> we have leaders. Again, we have leaders. I'll say it again. We have leaders. And let me say this. At the local level, we have leaders we're not listening to. Absolutely. I mean, everybody wants, you know, let me be transparent, Jeff. Would, would I run again? I don't trust our people. I know I got good sense, good intelligence, good sincerity. Uh, I believe God's hand is on my life. I don't trust our people to vote. So people can say, you're the leader, you're the one. I still ain't getting in there without your vote. Absolutely. If you, if you're, even if I'm not a politician and I'm just a, a vo- an outspoken vocal person in the community, which I am, it doesn't help that I know for a fact, and I'm just speaking, I'm not trying to defend myself or nothing, Jeff. I'm just saying, it doesn't help that my own people are the first ones to whisper in bar stools and in pews. Absolutely. Yes, sir. It, it, it doesn't help that my own pastoral peers have their own conversations amongst themselves and how they're not going to support or you don't speak for us. And, and the actual everybody, you don't speak for us. Then it's a how come anybody speaking for us? <laughs> well, here's the thing, brother. I will support you. I will pass out flyers. I will put up signs and all that. But I ain't running for nothing because my past is too messed up. <laughs> Y'all ain't digging up my you stuff. Ain't nothing in the newspaper about me. 
Every time I think about it, I be wanting to check my tax records right quick and make sure I paid everything. But they have me on the front page. Here, before we close, can we can we can we can we talk about this? Can we just say, is there going to be a concession? No. Now I read today there were conflicting reports that the wife and the son-in-law advised him to concede. And that Republicans, none of the major ones, but a lot of ones in the Congress, because what they're looking at is he has taken a party to himself. And honestly, he might start his own party Mm. or pull people to himself. They know that he's broken a lot of rules. And as imperfect as they are, they need those standards to be in place, those traditions to be in place for the system to work. And he is becoming more of a disruptor. I don't think he's going to concede. I think he's going to take this fraud scandal thing and let it marinate for, you know, the next two, three years to see where it goes. And by the way, as, as Mike put that up, Mike, I think Melania is out. I think she got her bags packed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just think that the more of these top Republicans as they begin to congratulate, hopefully as they begin to come and because they, they know that, you know, we have to work towards a better nation somehow or another. If, if they begin to say, all right, look, I'm out, you know, you go ahead and do this whole fraud thing on your own. Um, I think that he may have to somehow or another say, you know what? I ain't got no support. You know, you you really can't do nothing without any support. And I, I think, you know, I mean, I think he may have the support of these people. Okay. I have a scenario. Okay, let's talk about it. I have a scenario. This carries on. What Mike just said, he's going to start his own news network because Fox is turning on him. What if, and this will drive probably most of my liberals, my liberal friends, really mad, really mad. What if he creates such a strong movement of fringe people that the Democrats and Republicans have to negotiate to make sure he doesn't win? Wow. This dude's got a 35 to 40% core. So while we're talking about we need a third party, I think we need to start thinking about what that he could very well beat us to the punch. Mm-hmm. He could beat us to the punch on the third party because we don't have anything organized. He does. He actually already has a base ready. We haven't agreed on what the base of a third party would look like. So I'm starting to think, come on in, Mike. I'm starting to think that this might be the driving. And that does mean that the nation will stay more center. And that will probably really drive more the liberal Democrats crazy because the far right will go with Trump. Your center right right wing who don't want to go with him too crazy, you know, will stay Republican and the Democrats will have to come play ball or get completely edged out. He, go ahead, Mike. He definitely started a movement and he, he has a cult-like movement. That's that's what scares me. They end up in Guyana somewhere. That's what scares me. He, he has a cult-like movement and there's a lot of people that's feeling what he's saying there's a lot of people that like that he's not your average politician. And he says what's on his mind, even though we don't agree with it. 
You know what I'm saying? And honestly, I, I, I commented it earlier. If dude would have shut his mouth and stopped talking so much trash and just handled business, I really believe he would have won by a landslide. Because a lot of people, because a lot of people, Democrats included, it was a lot of people that didn't, they they didn't like Trump, but they hate Biden and Kamala, especially Kamala. You know what I'm saying? So that was their reason for voting for Trump because they hated Kamala. But let's be honest, I think the standard is too high for our side. And I'm saying our side loosely so nobody gets upset. But the Democratic side, like, there's never been a politician in the past. Like, we have this idea. I don't even know who their perfect politician is. Who do y'all want to run that anybody would actually vote for? I, I think they, they, I think, you know, most, most of, like you said, loosely again, us, we wanted, they wanted, uh, Miss Sister Obama. They wanted Sister Obama to run again or to run, you know, and she I, opens up her mouth and starts saying things that are not exactly what people want. Right. We are quicker right. to turn on each other. And once again, we're not going to have a, it's not going to be another Obama to run. I mean, he was smooth. He, I mean, he could talk his way out of a, you know, wet paper bag. I mean, I don't think, you know, I think that he has become the standard and I don't think he, I, I don't think it's going to be another one of them. You know I mean? You talking, I mean, this guy, <laughs> Biden is, 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 what, what, how old is he now? 70? 78. He'll be 78. I mean, that's, the 20th. that's completely, that's night and day. Listen, I bought this cat a hyperbaric chamber, uh, one of them Michael Jackson machines. I yeah. got scared when he was jogging yesterday. I'm like, if this dude would fall out, it's over. Right. Right. I didn't so agree with him. Too large. The Dems tent ain't barely got Tiffany keeps saying the Dems tent is too large. The Dems tent is about to lose black folk almost yeah. completely. Yeah, straight up. I'm thinking that. Straight up. It's not that straight large. Oh. Yeah. It's it, it, I don't I don't believe it is. I, I believe the the entire Democratic platform is literally not Trump, and there's a whole lot of reckoning over the next two or three years. And honestly, it's almost a problem of split priorities because who do you feed first? Who do you feed first? Uh, the Dems tent might be big, but the Dems tent, and I don't mean to just talk at Tiffany, but the Dems tent to me it proved in the primaries you got 20 some people running you're literally setting yourself up for failure and giving your opponent all the ammunition they need to crush you and like mike just said you give people like trump who don't have a filter and wouldn't will say all the things you don't think they would say and he has a riled up base that did not exist 20 years ago it's a new world this is not the obama landslide dims Trump, Trump definitely changed the mold. I, I don't think it'll be the same from here on out. I, I, I don't. I, I don't think so. Honestly, like if if somebody younger, in the forties, in their forties, for instance, picked up the Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders mantle with charisma, and with intelligence, and with broadness. I could say that I, I see that. But honestly, I'm not seeing that right now. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Because, right. I mean, Bernie was just as old as Biden. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 
I mean, it, it's just not nothing. They were more scared of Bernie than Biden. And that actually would have pushed people the other way back to Trump. Right. Right. Um, me and my boss, lately we've been talking politics. At work, we try to stay away from it. But we cool like that where we can discuss each other's views without being mad at each other. You know what I'm saying? Not taking right. it personal, respecting our differences. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, he, he was the one telling me that, dude, I don't, I don't I, I'm not even going to vote. And he's Republican. You know what I'm saying? He's Republican. He voted for Trump the first time. But, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't know, man. I don't know. To, to me, it's from here on out, it's not going to be about party. It's going to be about policy. I think most black people, most Democrats have really woken up from that. There's a there's an article. I don't know how real it is. It says Trump plans to start holding rallies again. And he's going to showcase obituaries of people that he claims voted like dead votes. What do you have to lose? I wouldn't doubt. I I mean, if you look at it in 2000, he started he started politicking the day the day after he won the election last time. I mean, he doesn't stop. I mean, the guy, I mean, as stupid as he is, he's also very intelligent. So Scott said the DNC could have Tulsi Gabbard and the RNC could have Tim Scott. Might be right. Might be right. I see Mark Cuban running. Mark Cuban. Yep. I see like a Julian Castro or somebody running. He was like Obama's. Secretary or something, I forget. I see Mark Cuban running, man. So oh. another celebrity running. Yeah. I think a lot of them gonna start running. I mean, you if you get if you can get Kanye to run, and as stupid as he is, I'm serious. Did I mean, see the meme when he said, "I want to recount too." <laughs> he got six thousand votes, bro. Six thousand votes. He probably got more than that. He probably got like seventy-five. <laughs> he said, "I want to reach out too." I mean, you know, if LeBron wasn't so mm-hmm. loud, he probably could run and, and get a and get a good number. Oh no, man! Oh no, not now. Who's a celebrity you'd like to see run? I like to see. I like. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see uh, Sam, Sam. What's his name? Sammy, uh, the cussing guy. The cussing guy. Yeah, uh, the guy that was in Django. Oh, Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Yes, yes. I want to see hey, him. I would support him, but I couldn't put his sign in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm not to his debate. <laughs> so, so, so here's the real note. Do we have to, in a sense, and when we talk about bringing the temperature down in a way, uh, bringing the temperature down is not just, okay, let's try to talk, you know, more, uh, let's try to talk nicer as Christians and all, but have we caused the problem by deciding that all politicians are crooks? We we kind of push that too. All politicians are crooks. Everybody's dirty. The only way we got around, but it's, listen, you can't get drafted by a football team if you're not personable and kiss a few butts. I mean, you got everybody. There's 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 interpersonal maneuvering in everything. Everything. She said plies. 
<laughs> I think you meant Kirk Franklin. David. <laughs> but I mean, do we have to stop hating traditional politicians, though? Well, That's I mean, I, I, it, it, let's just be honest, because most of most of us, and I'm going to even speak for myself, I didn't even start getting into politics probably 10 years ago, and I'm still not where I want to be as far as watching them. So most of us got our political uh, aspirations from scandal and um, and the right wing, what is that, left wing, whatever it was called, uh, yeah, you know, West Wing. That's what they know. You know that? So it all looks like, you know, if, if, if uh, Shonda Rhimes is teaching us how to uh, – teaching us what's going on in the White House, then we think everybody's a crook. We we feel like, you know, ain't nobody up there you right. It's, it's hard to trust them because money is involved. If you don't have money, you cannot get elected. True. So that's, that, that's what's hard for me because until you take money out of politics, it's hard for me to trust any of them. Now, I, I'm registered, I'm, I'm registered non-affiliate. I don't trust none of them. Democrat or Republican, you honest. I don't think registration has anything to do with who you trust, though. I'm just saying, I don't trust none of them. But Mike, let, let, but see, see, and I think that, that see here, here's here's what you just said because Trump didn't take a salary, so Dude. that's why I like him more. Dude, I mean, yeah, right, familiar with more money than that salary. Right. He, I, he, I understand he, that. He, I, he, I understand he, that. But what most of them say. This is this is their argument. He didn't take a salary. He, you know, I'm yeah. just. I bet you I take one. You think, you think I would not? He gave it to me. But what I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is, even this the the, the cross talk of voting, where a lot of Republicans flipped and voted for Obama this year. I mean, I voted for Trump this year. We got uh, Republicans flipping. I mean, I'm sorry, Democrats voted for Trump. Republicans voted for uh, Biden in, in some numbers. And even how the House and Senate races don't always match who people vote for president. You know, simply voting because of the way the two-party system works where you can't participate with a pri in a primary if you don't claim an affiliation is basically what that's for. You can't participate in a Democratic primary if you don't register as a Democrat. That's the ballot you're given in the primary. Then when it gets to the general election, you can vote for anybody you want. So me, I'm registered as a Democrat I do not align with a lot of democratic ideals, uh, but for local sake, most of the people that I would like to have a say in, I guess I care less. And maybe we should care more about who the Republican opponent is than we care who the Democrat opponent is. And we should be, I don't know how to think about that, but it's just a, it's a mess of a system. It's a beautiful system, but there's a wrench been thrown into it that when there is sharp disagreement, people will still behave like Americans and have respect. The, one of the closest elections before this was Nixon and Kennedy. And it was one of the most contentious elections ever. You know, and, you know, Kennedy being a Catholic. You're absolutely right. Politicians are the same popular people from high school and not the smartest, just the most. I, I believe I believe that. And, and the most well connected. Yeah. And the most well connected. Look on George yeah. Bush. Nobody would have voted for George Bush if his daddy hadn't put him on. He can't read. <laughs> That's why Jeb Bush. That's why Jeb Bush went down. Honestly. And and these people might be smart, 
but running a country smart. I, I'll say it in on this because I do have a rapid fire. I do have a rapid fire that's gonna just just blow up this entire podcast episode. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I believe we do need businessmen, not just just not Trump-like businessmen. And I also believe that we need to reestablish the involvement of people who have actually served in the military. I was just saying that at work. I was talking to our union president. I, I, I was just saying, if you know what I mean, when you had guys like uh, Lord uh, Eisenhower and Nixon and John F. Kennedy, they, they understand the horrors of war. They right. lost comrades. They understand. And some of them might still be war hawks, but you can't stop that because obviously people like Trump and other people who never served, they're war hawks too, and they never served. But at least you have somebody who actually knows strategy and knows how to build and keep relationships militarily. Right. What was the first part of your question? First thing was I said, I think we need businessmen, just not Trump-like businessmen who are just crooked and uncouth. I do think we need businessmen and, and, and CEO type people who know how to run a business and look at a whole picture in that way. Right. But when you reach that status of business, when you become a billionaire, trillionaire, all of that, you stepping on somebody and you know it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you, so, so you are if you're a politician. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I can't win yeah. without somebody. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And when I get on that stage, like if I was debating somebody, my, my job is to crush you so I can win. Absolutely. Right. right. That's, that's I was throwing everything at Dan Polifka. He wasn't about to show up to a. Uh, I'm, I'm not being. I'm not saying he was afraid of me or nothing, but the last thing he wanted at this county level was to have to stand on stage with a young black dude who had nothing to lose. Right. I was gonna go back to my church. They pay my salary. Nobody's gonna take my job. I want to call you a racist or whatever. You got to sit there and stutter and deal with me. You don't <laughs> want that. I'm trying to beat you. Right. So I'm saying I, I believe it's the same. So uh, we're at the 115 mark. Uh, I have one rapid fire and it relates to the primary argument of evangelicals and why they support conservatives. And I'm beginning to think that the entire premise might be off base. This is religiously incorrect. Pastor Jeff. Right. You truly believe that the abortion debate should be centered around the idea that life begins at conception. Do I believe that the whole abortion thing should be centered around the idea, the principle, the properly held concept that we have attached to biblical truth? And there are a couple of scriptures that people throw out there that life, because I'm going to give you my own scriptures, that life begins at perception, zygote, you know. Right. Do you believe? And I'm, I'm just, it's really incorrect. So it's open dialogue. I'm not sitting here, but I am. I believe I believe in interrogating ourselves in the text and our assumptions. Well, I'm, I'm scripturally, I, I, I do believe, you know, obviously I don't believe in abortion. First of all, okay. I don't believe in abortion. As far as evangelicals, evangelicals are concerned, I believe that the community has to have a different answer for what evangelicals are calling this. I mean, we, we, we have to have a, a answer of why these women can have the babies. Why you, how, how do we, how do we say, you know, we want you to have these babies. 
We're going to help you raise them. There is a there is there's a choice you can have and make it because, you know, we, we believe that I don't believe that there's any woman talking about, oh, I'm about to have this abortion. I'm going down. We, I'm getting rid of this child. You know, I don't believe that. I believe that there's 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 a but but when they don't have any other options, you know, and I always say this, you know, don't judge people's choices when you don't know their options. And okay. so if they didn't have any if, if there's no other options out there then I, I believe that, you know, we have to, we have to give them some type of options to, to, you know, to now, mend- I'm, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not talking about circumstances, social, socially financial. I'm talking about the concept that life begins at conception. Oh, okay. Oh, so just, just that concept period. Just that's, that concept that's you knew me in the womb. You formed me before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. I mean, I, that's if that's so. If so, is it equally as incorrect to purposely prevent conception? You talking about as far as child, child? Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, I do. I, I've always said that you know, you can have safe sex, but you can't have safe sin. And okay. So, so I, I, I do believe that oh, contraception and all that is wrong. The scriptures that we often utilize is when David in Psalm 139 says, you know, you formed me in my inward parts. You know, you knitted me together. In my, You formed me. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. And then, of course, Jeremiah, you knew me in my mother's womb. I have. OK, Tiffany says, if that's the case, men need to be held accountable for the seeds expelled through masturbation. And I, I've always said that. It's, it's a waste of time. is a sin. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, oh, if, if, if we say, okay, so let me give you the biblical argument then. Let me give you another side. Wait, 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 wait. So, so Todd, what, what, what you're arguing is that sex is just for conception. No, that's not the argument I'm making. I'm just saying okay. if you're going to say that life begins at conception. So here's my thought process. I'm just toying with it. I could be totally wrong. And I don't mean to blow up this entire <laughs> nice discussion. Oh, you blew it up, bro. (laughs) There are at least two primary accounts of fully formed men having no life in them and not being considered living. Say it again. There are primary accounts in the Bible, not obscure passages, where fully formed, created men or man is not considered living. Okay, talk talk about Adam was fully formed by God. Right. Did not come to life until breath was breathed into him. Ezekiel sees a valley of dry bones. Uh All of those bones come together, flesh, sinews, muscles. They are a fully formed standing army of, of actual organs and everything. And there is no life in them. Until God blew, yeah. And they were fully formed men. Wow. Now, that's just imagination working. And I believe that's worth interrogating. That that maybe we're perhaps ascribing certain poetic, what, what it means for God to know us and knit us and form us and play the part of our development does not necessarily mean that we are fully living creations 
simply because he had a part in our development. A car could be almost fully formed and not yet running. Uh-huh. And so, I can say, I saw you from the beginning, from the drivetrain to the tires, to the door panels, to the interior. I saw all that. You're still not a running vehicle. But it's still a car, though. Is it a drivable car? But it's still a car. It's flesh, living flesh. Oh. You getting you getting deep here, Doc? But wait, 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 I'm just talking. I'm just. I know Scott. I know Scott. I know your position, Scott. I know you think that's a long reach. But let's be honest. We've developed an entire political stance off of two scriptures. So why can't two other scriptures contradict them? The primary argument for life begins at conception is Psalm 139, 13 and 16, and Jeremiah 1 through 5. And two other scriptures say something possibly else could be different. I'm going to leave that one alone. I'm almost, I'm, I'm probably more towards yeah. thoughts, thoughts, thought process there. Because what, what happens is, I mean, you, you, you sort of, hurt and 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 or, or or speak to every woman who has ever lost a child not had an abortion but actually lost you know had a miscarriage or whatever that was okay. um you know what i mean and and, and so well, that can be painful to think about that it's not considered life right right but right. i think that psalm 139 and james and, and uh, jeremiah 1 and 5 speak to the promise and forming and desire of God for life that we all have innately within us because it's his desire. So I don't think that takes away from the genuine feelings. Uh, and again, as Scott says, we have logic and science. Let's be honest. Logic is formed by our environment and our most primary influences. And if something's been beat into you, if something's been beat into you, how many thousands of years did we believe that the sun revolved around the earth? That was logic and science once upon a time. So I'm just saying, is sometimes the premise maybe not wrong, but do we make it more simplistic than we ought to? And that we use that as a weapon against people to say what you're killing, you're killing, you're killing. Are we sure? Because we say it because it's a phrase that most people don't even understand. That we don't believe the Bible could possibly indicate anything differently. That's all. Welcome to Religiously Incorrect, everybody. Thank you for joining us. You're going to get some emails about this, Doc. I'm not saying I believe it. I'm saying possibility <laughs> that, that it's always good to interrogate our assumptions. <clears throat> it's always good to interrogate our assumptions. It, 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 you somebody took scriptures and said slavery is okay. I mean, it's, it's just a reach. I mean, and, and not to throw a monkey in a wrench, but it's just it's just much a reach to go to and, and say, you know, you were born gay. I mean, that's that's another one. We, you know, were you? 
I'm not, not, that's not mine. <laughs> That's not mine. No, no, you can't. You can't do that because there's no gay gene. You know what I mean. So that's. I, well, I, I, I mean, who says that though? I mean, oh no. I mean, there's a whole bunch of people who believe. You know that they're. Yeah. I destroyed this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we canceled after the night. Ain't nobody else gonna watch us. <laughs> hey, I tell, I tell people all the time. You know, just because even if they were born gay, because I'm not gonna try to. You know, go left or right with it. You know, the Bible says you have to be born again. Oh, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Can you, I don't, oh, we are gonna go in some directions. Y'all want to be religiously incorrect. I got time to talk about Trump. <laughs> I talk about Trump. I want to talk about some controversial stuff and make y'all argue about scriptures. Well, you done. I didn't have no questions this week. Yeah, yeah. Listen, we appreciate everybody's listen. This is the purpose of religiously incorrect to tackle tough stuff, even though we might be partial in our knowledge. You can have this conversation nowhere else. Can you raise your hand in Bible study and start quoting scriptures to your pastor and start talking about this? Exactly. That's the whole reason for the show, man. That's why we're here. So I, I want to say as a disclaimer, somebody probably already tuned me out, but don't take this as Pastor Todd does not believe life begins at conception. Right. What I'm saying is that it's, I've just, you know, you wrestle with it. You cannot come to discovery, nor can you come to conviction unless you're willing to wrestle with truth. And one thing I say to my church members a lot is that sometimes we are so based in certain foundational things that we don't understand how other people, and I'll leave y'all with this thought that you brought it back to politics. Neil Brennan, who has a podcast, they curse a lot, so I wouldn't recommend it. How I Neil feel? Huh? How Neil feel? How Neil feel? Yeah. He said one of the biggest problems is that people refuse to believe why somebody else can believe differently. Right. They refuse to believe why somebody else could believe differently. They just act like it's just so radically insane that somebody wants lower taxes and pro business or or no immigration, they act like it just can't be somebody's honest opinion or honest perspective or an issue they wrestle with. So I think as a people, whether it's politically, religious or whatever, and, and I don't believe Scott, to be honest, I see your comment, I didn't torture the text. I just brought two scriptures to light. I brought two scriptures to light that might challenge our thinking and perhaps a follow through and a thorough examination and correct theological study would make sure that you know we don't take things out of context but you would never be able to encounter it if you didn't engage it and that that and i, I love it you know the bible specifically says all scripture is given for uh for correction for do, for doctrine you know for reproof and i think you know second timothy what is it, three and five 15 5 or 15 says uh study to show yourself approved the workman need not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth let's do that i think that's what just this, this Pictures I've read that I'm sure pro-life uh, people who are staunchly pro-life would use. It talks about forming and breathing. And again, the two examples I gave you were of God forming flesh without immediately breathing on it. There was a time when it was formed, but there was no breath or life in it. That's all I'm saying. So I'm just saying it's fair. And if somebody were to bring it up, I wouldn't say, oh, you're just a dummy misusing the Bible. Forming is making something. That does not mean that it has life. Adam clearly did not have life in him until God breathed on him. The the men in the 
valley that Ezekiel saw clearly were fully formed, but had no life. And both of those things were connected to God's breath. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I go. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. We're at the 90 minute mark. We're at the 90 minute mark. Y'all don't want this smoke. I'm like Paula White. Y'all don't want this smoke. <laughs> I love y'all. Pastor Jeff, anything else you want to say? Man, this that, I, I thought I thought that 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 was a great question, man. I'm, I love it. Uh, let's 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 continue to you know open it up like that, man. That, that's good stuff right there, Doc. That is what you got to say about the eunuch. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. What you say? Real quick to everybody out there listening. We're gonna have special episodes, but they're gonna they're gonna be on YouTube only. YouTube only special episodes. YouTube only. So coming up, where Pastor Todd denies the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. Most of y'all think like this. You know what I'm saying? Like once once we get into something, you know what I'm saying? If we don't finish it on the show, we we gonna we gonna do some pop ups. But the scriptures at me going to be YouTube only. So <laughs> Pastor Todd's next sermon next week is I missed it, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prophetic. I apologize. <laughs> Listen. Thank y'all for joining us. Listen, all y'all second Baptist members that ain't going back, come on over to Progressive. <laughs> <laughs> I still believe. Oh, crazy. Oh, Lord, help oh, us, Jesus. <laughs> help if they go, you can have them. <laughs> All right, y'all, we out. Peace out, everybody. See you next time. Peace.